Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. What's up, everybody? It's Friday, another summer edition of The Athletic Hockey Show. Haley Salvi and Sean Gentili here with you today. We've come out of hibernation our summer hiatus. <laughs> yeah, I is actually hibernate in the summer. True? I just eat a lot and lay down in the summer. <laughs> I, I was asleep um, right before this. I'm going to be asleep right after it. So exactly. I, don't, I don't think it's wise to say that the hibernation is ended just yet. No, it's not. It's not ended, but we're out for a little bit because we've got a really great episode. If I do say so myself, um, we're going to be breaking down a lot of the professional women's hockey league news that's come out over the last few weeks. It's been a really exciting time in women's hockey and the NHL still in the dead of off season. Like we like the Jake Sanderson deal, but we're not going to talk about it today because it's a women's hockey day and we've got Sarah nurse joining us, which is very exciting. Sarah nurse from the Toronto bleeps. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's we actually don't know we don't know what the nick yeah that that is what the nickname is go bleeps <laughs> yeah oh god yeah the the toronto pwhl team she is one of their first three franchise signings so we're going to break down 
don't know why I keep saying breakdown. We're going to talk to her uh, about signing the free agency yeah, we're, process. We're going to have a really hard, hard hitting, <laughs> hard hitting talk with Sarah Nurse. Yeah. We're really going to hold her feet. How to much the fire money are you making? One. Yes, tell us. <laughs> why do you think Blair Turnbull should not have been signed? I don't know. Just like really mean who questions, is, and she's going to hang up. Who is the first? Who is the first player you would take overall? And you must, and you must pick. Oh, we should definitely mock should draft it with with her for sure. Like, who yeah. should, who do you want Gina to take second overall? Answer the question right now. <laughs> Something tells me she's not going to do that. Don't okay. skate around it, Sarah. Tell us the name of the team you play for. <laughs> yeah, that's I know that's you know what I what I want to know. <laughs> she does know. No, let's be let's be nice with Sarah. Um, all right, so here's the news. Uh, PWHL announced its original six markets last week. They hired their general managers and opened up free agency officially on September 1st. It's a 10-day signing window where teams can sign up to three players ahead of the draft, which is on September 18th. As of mm-hmm. Thursday night, because this is Friday, we're recording Thursday you're listening to this on Friday. That's the gimmick. That's the fun. Welcome to the show. We know five of the six rosters um, or five of the six initial three signings, I should say. So here we go. Boston has signed Hillary Knight, Megan Keller, Aaron Frankel. Montreal has signed Mary Philippe Poulin, Laura Stacy, and Renee Debien. Minnesota has signed Kendall Coyne Schofield, Lee Steckline, and Kelly Panic. Fun fact, Kelly Panic will go in the books as the first ever signing in the PWHL. We love that for her. Uh, Toronto has signed Blair Turnbull, Sarah Nurse, and Renata Fast. And Ottawa has signed Emily Clark, Brianne Jenner, and Emrence Mashmeyer. We're still waiting to hear on New York's first three signings. I have reported that Abby Rock is one of those signings. I also believe Alex Carpenter has signed with New York. The third player has yet to be confirmed at this time. Wonder if we'll hear on Friday. You think maybe they'd want to announce that before the weekend because free agency ends on the 10th. So it's like, let's snip snap. Let's hear who signs. <laughs> yeah, and let, unless they're going to pass on, on using one of their three Free signings. That's wild that that's still that that's still unconfirmed because, yeah, you know I know that these teams are announcing are announcing these players. We know that the deals have been done for some amount of time before the the announcements actually take place. It's mm-hmm. wild that that hasn't leaked yet because again, you, yeah, like you like you said, you dropped Abby Rock days ago at this point. Well, I think Very at that time when I dropped Abby Rock, they did not have a third player signed. It was Abby Rock, Alex Carpenter, top two, and then they were working to sign that third player. And I think what was interesting is the the GM of the New York team, Pascal Deu, he was the uh, GM for the last six, seven years of Val Dor in the QMJHL. I think he kind of just took the moment to just mm-hmm. be like, all right, 17 players have signed at this point. Let me think here. Who, how do I want to build this? Who can I start talking to and really start having those conversations or continue having those conversations with multiple different candidates? Um, You would think he'd go goalie or defender having signed two forwards. Um, So we'll see. Hopefully we hear on Friday. If there is one element here that's bummed me out, it's that... (sighs) Whenever we had our big Toronto, the big Toronto press conference or the Ottawa press or whatever, all these, all these unveilings, you know, where, where, where you learn where these players ended up, 
it does bum me out that these teams couldn't say like, all right, uh, Sarah Nurse is your inaugural Toronto insert team name here. Buy a jersey like on our website right there. That's that's a little bit of a bummer. I know how trademark filings work. I I would certainly bet that all that that all these team names are decided and under super duper lock and key at this point. But it would have been nice to have all that stuff ready. And that's you know totally. that goes with the ter- that goes with the territory. They've been drinking from a fire hose here. We we've, oh, we've said it yeah. we've said it in, in plenty of different ways. But I I wish I wish there were I wish there was merch. I want totally. to buy like a jersey or something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and before I ask you which jersey you're going to buy and which team you're going to lock into, the one thing I'll say about that is I've thought about it and said, you know, it would be great if they could have had the online stores ready and the logos and the team names, jerseys, all the merch. That would have been so great for fans who are hearing, you know, Emily Clark just signed with Ottawa. Where can I, where can I go and buy her shirt? Where can I go and get a Poulin jersey today. Um, I guess the flip side of that is if you were to push this free agency back because you want to wait for the jerseys mm-hmm. so you could put them on sale, wait for the names to come through trademarking or whatever it may be, then you're putting the players in the spot of, totally. oh, I don't know where I'm going to be living in the next I mean, month. That's... So I understand the timeline and they're drinking from a fire hose and I think it's going to be... Stan Kasten has said this so many times. They're not going to get everything 100% right in year one. That's what happens when you're starting something up. Um, But I think now that all the announcements have started, and again, we're just going to have waves and waves of of news. They're keeping themselves in the news cycle. There's going to be all this stuff coming out. I think it's going to be great. Um, What team are you locking in on, Sean? Who's your favorite team right now? Boston. They hit all the, they hit all three, you know, the three, the three things you want, which is, Stud forward Hillary Knight, Hall number one, def- number one defender Megan Keller, <laughs> a goalie who's good right now and will be for the foreseeable future. And Aaron Frankel, who's only twenty four years old, which is a fact that slipped past me. I think until until they they announced that move. I think it's it's a nice it's a nice blend of a lot of different things. You have, Megan Keller's in, in, in her prime. Hillary Knight's pretty close to it, right? Still, she's an icon of the sport, if not if nothing else. She is an icon, and she's got that X factor. Can we say that she's in the prime of her career at 34? Probably not. However, Hillary Knight is like signing. Hillary Knight is never going to be a, really a problem. Good. Yeah, she's like still she had a, really a hat good trick. She had a hat trick in the gold medal game to win a world championship in April. Like, right? You know, you're doing all right if Hillary Knight's your number one center. Sell some jerseys too. We love it. And I think I think in, if you're if the balance is, you know, if you're trying to look, I guess from from two separate perspectives. Whereas like you, you, you of course you want the on ice product to be great. That's really important. But from a financial, you know, standpoint or from from a marketing standpoint, like what's what's better than what's better than having Hillary Knight around? Sarah Nurse. Sarah Nurse. <laughs> but Hillary Sarah Knight Nurse, was Sarah Nurse in Toronto. That's 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 for sure. Oh, absolutely. Those are two players, and I think a lot of women's hockey players get it in a different way. Um, but Hillary Knight and Sarah Nurse are definitely two who understand the importance of 
branding and like branding mm-hmm. themselves and those kind of partnerships. Hillary Knight has been doing it for a long time. I think she was probably one of the first to really hold on to the idea of like, I need to go and sell myself so I can grow the game this mm-hmm. way. The more people that see me on a Red Bull commercial or, you know, whatever it may be, the more people go like, oh, women's hockey? Like, let me think. Like, it's personal branding. It's good for her personally, but it's also good for the game and her and Sarah Nurse know that for sure. Um, the thing that was so wild to me, and I'm with you, it's going to be really hard for me not to just be a Boston fan because I really like what the GM, Daniel Marmer, um, she was with the Boston Bruins last year in a player development and scouting role. She's the new GM with this Boston team, and I think she's done a great job so far. I really like the first three signings. Megan Keller was so freaking Mm -hmm. good at Boston College. I knew that she was good. I know that she's good. Like Inherently, as someone who covers the sport and watches her play, you know that Megan Keller's a good defender, but then you go back and you start just reading her resume and you're like, oh. (laughs) So she graduated from Boston College as the program leader in points, goals, and assists by defender. Only the second defender ever to be a three-time Patty Kazmaier finalist for the best player in in college hockey. And the only defender to win the Camry Granado Hockey East Player of the Year. Oh, and she did it twice. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, she she had more points than she had games played as a defender. Is that good? I think so. So, you know... I think maybe uh, Boston is a good fit for Megan Keller. Let me so, let me ask you this: Is there was there is there one player in one particular spot that surprised you? Like when like when you when you actually heard the news mm-hmm. or, or or got the scoop or whatever? You're like, oh, okay. I I wasn't wasn't anticipating that one. Um, I think just the goalies in general surprised me. Mm-hmm. I thought that Anne Renee Debien was a lock, um, best goalie in the world right now. Her. She's only lost one game in her career at the Olympics or world championships. And it was this year in the gold medal game and the world championships where Hillary Knight had the hat trick to, to win worlds. It's just, it's crazy. She's unbelievable. Uh, she's the most shutouts in a single season in NCAA history, men, men's or women's. She's just a beast. So I knew she was going to go. Um, but I thought because there were so many good goalies that GMs would just let goalies go to the draft and they would lock in like star forwards or star defenders. So I was pleasantly surprised about Aaron Frankel and Emirates Mashmeyer signing. And it obviously makes sense. Brianne Jenner to Ottawa was mm-hmm. a pleasant surprise to me. She is from the GTA, um, you know, Oakville area, I would say for Jenner. And I thought she'd be somebody who'd sign in Toronto, but obviously Toronto goes with Turnbull and then two kind of local players in nurse and fast so Jenner to Ottawa was a pleasant surprise and that is a huge signing for them. Like this, the reigning Olympic MVP we're talking about. Um, and you know what? I will admit when I've heard that Kelly Panic was the first signing in league history and that she signed with Minnesota, I was just like, huh? Because I guess I would have just, ass- I, I, don't, I don't know. I would assume you think of so many of these other forwards and these are like powerhouse scorers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Turnbull doesn't, rack up the points on the national team, but like you can see, see it when she's with the PWHPA and she's obviously got great hands. And then you think about it for a minute and you think more about Minnesota and you think more about Kelly panic. She's a local for one. She was unbelievable in college. Like she was a point producing player. A lot of her assists are primary assists. So she does play a big role in the offense that her teams generate 
excellent in the face-off circle. And uh, as Kendall Coyne Schofield said on the Zoom calls, she's one of those players you just know what you're going to get all the time. And that's a really valuable thing to have when you're roster building. And again, when we think about Minnesota, it's not like Natalie Darwitz needed to go out and sign some stud young offensive forward because she is going to she's get got, it with the first overall got one, pick. She's got one on the way. Taylor Heisey just print the jersey. That's where it's like, I want the jersey and the logo because Taylor <laughs> Heisey, there's no way she's not going first overall. She's young. She's dynamic. Um, so I think when you look at Minnesota and you see they've got, you know, another, they've got an icon in the sport in Kendall. You've got the best defensive defender in women's hockey and another Minnesota icon in Lee Steckline and then a local player in Kelly Panic throw in Taylor Heisey. Like that's your starting, that's your four piece before the second round of the draft. Like Minnesota's doing all right. Toronto's got the second pick. What's the, is the prevailing thought there? Ooh. They're going to look at someone like Alina Mueller. Cause I, I know that's, I know that's a name that, that I've, that I'd seen. Yeah. Her, or from you specifically, <laughs> that, that, that maybe that would make sense. And I, spot. Hope so, because what we've seen so far is American GMs signing American players, Canadian GMs signing Canadian players. Although I think I can say this. I I think that there is a world where Alex Carpenter could have been on a Canadian team. So I, mm. I'm just saying that as like not every American is refusing to play in Canada. Um but we've Though seen that should. trend so far with these first three signings. And I would really like to see Gina Kingsbury, the, the Toronto GM, take Alina Mueller. She's young. She is one of the absolute best players in the world. And I think that would, I don't know. I just think it would break this mold that we're, or this kind of mm-hmm. pattern we're in right now. Like there's nothing wrong with taking Nat Spooner or, somebody else who's local, like a Jocelyn LaRock, you know, get Renata Fass national team D pair second overall. But like Jocelyn is 35 at this time. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't remember exactly. She's in her mid to late thirties. Um, you know, Nat Spooner just came back from giving birth. Like she's a little bit older. I believe she's in her thirties. Now, Alina Mueller just graduated college mm-hmm. and she, was a Patty Kazmaier top 10 finalist every single year she played in college. She's was an Olympian at 16. Like just take Alina Mueller. Don't overthink it. <laughs> just do it. I don't care if you have all Toronto players on Toronto, take Alina Mueller, please Gina. So that's my thought, but maybe they'll go with an, a Canadian. So the drafts, yeah, well now nah, that's fine. We can, we can cut the BS here and just say they're going to take Mueller. The draft, the draft starts at pick number three, as the saying as the saying goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It'll be interesting though, because I really don't have a great sense of how every GM wants to roster build. Because we haven't really seen them do anything other than these top three totally. signings. Totally. So the draft's gonna be fun. That's on September 18th. It'll be 15 rounds. The draft order was set during a uh, draft lottery that was done kind of like online with all of the GMs on a Zoom call to make sure that it wasn't rigged. Um, really so the fun. first, I know it was like, you know, they should have had a duck. They should have had a duck race for it. Oh God. The video I saw the TikTok I saw of, a. I sent this to Sean. It was very funny. There was a fantasy football draft 
that was just like the lottery was decided by like an online duck race. And so you just had like 12 dudes being like, go Derek, like swim, you little duck. <laughs> I think it would have been really funny if we could see Natalie Darwitz and Gina Kingsbury yelling at each other over <laughs> the duck race. Personally, I think that would have been really great. That should be the standard, the standard method of determining lottery pick order in every, in every league, in every duck sport. race. Let's make it happen. Totally. So Minnesota was awarded the first overall pick in that draft lottery last week. As we said, Toronto picks number two. Then number three is Boston. Number four, New York. Number five, Ottawa. Number six, Montreal. After that first round, the draft is going to do a snake format. So, you know, then it'll go Montreal, Montreal, Ottawa, blah, 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 blah. I feel like we've hit everything. Should we talk to Sarah Nurse now? Yes. Yes, please. Okay, great. And we took a bunch of questions on Twitter. We're going to answer some of those in our third segment. But coming up next, we're going to talk to Sarah Nurse. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. So this is a very exciting guest for us this week. It brought us out of our vacation mode. We already said we were in like hibernation. We're back because of this. So she's a two-time Olympian with Team Canada, Olympic record holder, EA Sports cover star, and the newest signing for the Toronto PWHL franchise and so many other things, but I need to stop because we'll be here for a while if I just read your resume. Sarah Nurse, welcome to the Athletic Hockey Show. Oh, thank you so much for having me in that incredible intro. Are we serious? (laughs) I know. The... There's a lot going on there, but uh, thank you for doing this. Again, it's it's very exciting. It's been a very busy few weeks in women's hockey, um, but an exciting time. PWHL officially launches. We've got the cities, franchise players. What has all this been like for you, Sarah? It's been a whirlwind. It's been so surreal, incredibly crazy. Um, and it feels like everything has happened pretty quickly over the last few weeks, but this is the time that we'd been working towards for so long. So I, I even think about puck drop in January, like it feels so far away, but it's mm-hmm. never been closer. And I think that that's pretty incredible. <laughs> we were kind of saying off the top, it's almost felt like from the outside as we're like watching all the announcements and like you have these moments of being like, well, I wish we knew like the team name or like the logo or the jersey was ready. But like, there's so much going on behind the scenes from you guys. Like, it's been almost like drinking from a fire hose is what Sean said. It's like, it's just like, okay, here's the to-do list. Go, 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 go. But it's all like exciting and fun stuff leading up to January. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I think that obviously having those tangible items are going to 
like create even more buzz. And I do wish that we had those. And I know that like for the last four years, I feel like there are things going on behind the scenes has been like Mm -hmm. our tagline, (laughs) but it's so true. Like there's so many moving parts happening Mm -hmm. at all times. Um, And so uh, we know that we have incredible people behind the scenes who are making a lot of awesome things happen. Yeah. And you know, we were, we were kind of talking about this in the, in the, in the intro, I think, there is a bright side to not having the, the logos ready or the, or the team names ready because you, you guys can just kind of cycle through this, right? And have have another news cycle where you guys can hire here. Like here's here's the sweater, here's here's what it looks like, and just kind of stay in that stay in that public eye, right, for the next for the next couple months. Because I would imagine that's important. Like you you guys want to stay in the news cycle as, as as much as you can and really, you know, kind of put yourself out there as 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 much as possible. And that's an that's an easy way to do it. Yeah, I think with every kind of announcement that we've had, we we wanted to make an impact. And uh, obviously, we don't want to leave breadcrumbs for people, but we there's a way that things have to be. And so obviously, announcing the team names, the cities, mm-hmm. that was super exciting. And then mm-hmm. announcing how the free agency and how the draft was going to work is going to be exciting. We're going to have a draft. Eventually, we're going to have team colors and team mm-hmm. names. We're going to have uh, the facilities be announced. So we're going to have the schedule announced. So there are so many exciting pieces that are going to come together in the next few months. And I can't wait like 20 years from now, there's going to be some story about us that is going to put everything together and everything's going to make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's been, it's been really awesome to see from, from the outside, just watching as, as media members here. And, And Sarah, obviously you sign in Toronto, it's close to home. Can you kind of take us through that free agency process for yourself and why Toronto was the right fit? Yeah. Um, it was an interesting process, something that happened very, very quickly, uh, a lot quicker than I had expected. But I really wanted to lean into the process because it was so new and it was something that we have never experienced before. And I I was genuinely curious. Um, I wanted to know about each market. I wanted to know mm-hmm. who the GMs were. I wanted to know their visions and their plans. And so I was able, I was fortunate enough to have conversations with a few GMs and, and get that picture painted for me. Um, but at the end of the day, when I was able to speak with Gina, which I was like extremely nervous for because having that <laughs> okay. relationship yeah. with her, um, I was extremely nervous because I was like, man, like she knows I'm not selling myself. Like mm-hmm. she knows me. She knows who I am as a person. She knows who I am as a player and she knows what I bring on the ice and off the ice. Um, and so that was nerve wracking in itself. But after speaking with her and, and just hearing what she thought that we could do in Toronto and, and where I fit into that. Um, it, it really was a no brainer. And I was immediately like, I want to be a part of this. I heard about Renata and Blair being announced. And mm-hmm. I was like, this sounds like the best. <laughs> and totally. I, I really, really want to be a part of this. And so we we're able to get the deal done, which I'm incredibly honored by, because obviously I know uh, how like touted a franchise and how many people mm-hmm. do want to be in Toronto. And so mm-hmm. uh, it was a cool process. I think I'm like relieved that it's kind of over because I get to have some stability, which I, I feel so grateful to have. Mm-hmm. Was that one of those moments where you like talk to Kia or like talk to family members or just like even friends that, you know, being like, is this what free agency's like? Is this yeah. is so stressful? <laughs> like Kendall Coyne was talking about it. She was like saying to her husband, Michael, who's obviously been through NFL free agency being like, is this what you do? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't like this. This is stressful. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I remember talking to Kia a little while ago um, because when she first was in New York, 
she actually ended up getting traded to Phoenix. So she didn't really mm-hmm. have a say in that. Right. But this past mm-hmm. year when she ended up in Seattle, she went through free agency and she actually like got to pick where she thought the best situation was for her after agreeing to terms. And so um, just kind of interesting perspectives on that front. Um, and it's kind of funny, like I think of Darnell, who's in the NHL and he mm-hmm. necessarily hasn't been traded or right. <laughs> anything like that. So it's a bit of a different uh, perspective. And so this is something like I don't think we've ever seen and yeah. like we'll ever see. <laughs> but it was it was yeah. unique for sure. I think it's just so cool that you guys have the opportunity to do this now. I remember the first CWHL draft that I covered and it was just like, oh, like p- you pick where you go. And that's okay too, but like it had to be that way based on the league and and where things were at. But I just think it's like such a cool sign of growth that agents can be calling GMs and and you, Sarah, can be, you know, mulling your options over and thinking of where you want to be and what's best for you and where you're going to maximize your earnings and your potential. Like that's just not something we've really talked about in Mm -hmm. women's hockey before. And it's, I mean, it's significant that we can now. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think like you you hit the nail right on the head, like the fact that we're at the table, the fact that players have agents, have representation, mm-hmm. the fact that we're negotiating contract. I remember my first year in the CWHL, it was the last year of the CWHL, but I had like a one page contract that said I was going to make $2,000 um, because I was a rookie. <laughs> and so it was like, sign here, please. <laughs> um, and so like, just thinking about where we've come from that point and i know the girls have been through it like i think of like hillary or poo like Mm -hmm. they've played in the c-dub for many many years and didn't make anything Mm -hmm. um so the fact that we're at this point now is truly truly uh special Uh. yeah you were you're you're part of the bargaining committee right when whenever (laughs) Uh, i'm sorry that was still just my delayed response like oh that's like to two thousand dollars yeah it's like oh my god I mean, like, Jaina didn't make any money. I'm like, that's great. Anyways, sorry. It's crazy. Yeah. Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> so, so you were you were part of the board. You're part of the bargaining committee. You were in, in on a lot of the, you know, negotiations when it, it really got down to brass tacks uh, with, with the formation of the league. Was the three the three free agent 15-player, 15 15-round 15 draft format, was that something that you guys went back and forth on? Or was there, was it at one point, was there, okay, like, was it, maybe it's five, maybe it's more, maybe it's less. Like, was there, was that a give and take thing landing on the particular, you know, player movement uh, format that you guys, did you guys ended up with? To be honest, uh, talking about behind the scenes, we've had conversations about this for the last two years mm-hmm. and we have actually, we had working groups put together right after we came back from the Olympics, I believe, um, of players that, mm-hmm basically came up with this concept and we had like weeks of meetings formulating how ideally we'd want this to work. And, um, the one thing that really did come out of that was the concept of the three players signed, um, as your franchise free agent players, whatever you want to call them. And then the draft. And so that's been something that has pretty much been in the works for the last 18 months. Mm -hmm. And again, as we got closer to this date, it was kind of like finalizing that trimming up those final, you know, little, little details, uh, just to make sure that we had draft integrity. You know, we want players dispersed in different markets. We want it to be as competitive as possible. And so it was really important for us that we nailed down exactly how we wanted to do this, but how we were going to have the most integrity and how we were going to have the most competitive, uh, organizations across the league. Mm -hmm. And you got a, 
taste of that firsthand, right? Because the process opens and you're getting calls from people you hadn't spoken to, and maybe you're getting some offers that you didn't anticipate getting. And like, I mean, cause we've, we've, we've heard, we've heard about some of those. So I think that's, that seems like proof of concept, right? That you're, that you're talking to these, that you're talking to these different franchises and you really do get a feel for, you know, like you said, the integrity of the process and knowing that this isn't, this obviously isn't uh, predisposed. It's not pre-planned. Like it was a free market kind of thing that you guys were going to, or at least it certainly sounds that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for myself, although like I, Toronto was high on my priority list. Like I wasn't signed, sealed and delivered Mm -hmm. to Toronto last week. Um, I wanted to know what the vision for the franchise was. I wanted to know what facilities were like. I, there were so many little things that I wanted to know. Um, and so like when it came to free agency period, I was able to have conversations with different GMs and meet different people and, and get the real picture and the real story. And I do feel so fortunate that I've been able to go through this process because I do know that, you know, some of my teammates mm-hmm. didn't get to go through this. And so mm-hmm. uh, I definitely leaned into that process. And I know that the girls are um, maybe a little bit nervous for sure about the upcoming draft, but couldn't be more excited. And, you know, you talk about this process that's been going on behind the scenes. And I mean, I know that you specifically have been a really big part of getting women's hockey to this place. I mean, you were on the board in the PWHPA. Um, now you're on the executive board for the PWHL Players Association. You were on that player bargaining committee for this like first of its kind CBA, uh, like the first time that there's been a CBA ready before a league actually starts in any pro sport of like any of the major professional sports. Somebody will yell at me in the comments if I got that wrong, but <laughs> I'm based on my research. I mean, it's just huge. Like, Have you allowed yourself to step back and enjoy the moment and like look back on like what you and, and other players have done here. Cause I think part of what makes this so cool is not just that it's happening, but how much of it's been player driven. Ooh, not yet. Uh, because <laughs> there's still a lot of work to be done, right. but mm-hmm. I, I think it's funny. I had a moment with, uh, my brother and, um, his girlfriend actually the other day because they're having a baby in March. Mm. And my brother looked at me and he's like, man, I really hope it's a girl because like, she's going to know that she has this hockey league that you built. And I was like, mm. I didn't build it. I helped. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it's like, she's going to have a place to play because like you did this. And so it kind of made me take a step back and be like, wow, like I did do something, you know, and I, <laughs> I've always wanted um, my impact in hockey. I, I've wanted to win championships. I want to be a really great player, uh, be one of the best in the world. But I want my impact off the ice to be, you know, my legacy and what what I'm remembered by, because I think that that is even more impactful um, than than what I can do on the ice. He's your brother. He's a, he's allowed to gas you up like that. It's yeah. Fine. No, honestly, it was so cute because he's <laughs> usually really sweet. The total opposite, like the total <laughs> opposite. Like he literally, he was like, "I'm single," and he's like, "Do, do I need to find you somebody?" And I was like, "EJ, really? Come on, come <laughs> alone. Come on. Come Please, alone. <laughs> stop no. this." Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's really nice. Yeah. How's uh, how's that home opener in Toronto gonna feel? It's gonna feel incredible. Uh, yeah. I'm I like I hope there's a light show. <laughs> I mean, this is, I all right. Okay. See, this is where this I is where you fl- this is where you f- listening. This is where you flex your franchise player yeah. muscle. You're like, I, all right, I, I'm I, one of the first three. <laughs> Let's get some lasers, please. I hope the lights are out. There are lasers everywhere. The music's bumping and the crowd's rocking. Uh, it's been so long since we had a, a true home game. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited for my walk-in fit. Oh, I'm so Love pumped. It. <laughs> Love it. We need oh, like yes. we need like a good slow motion walk. You know, like, 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 like that was like the, the TikTok, the TikTok right 
<laughs> I feel like if there's anyone who's going to have like that part of things like organized ahead of time, it's going to be Sarah. Absolutely. Never this, is what I've been wait- this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> it was, I remember there was like one, I think it was the Calgary world championships where like the hockey Canada social team, like started doing like the fit checks off the bus every day and everyone started yeah. freaking out. And I was just like, this is the best thing ever. Look at this. It is. It is. Style rankings. It. Yeah. It's great. Sarah Nurse's contract actually has like her salary and then light show, please. <laughs> yes, plus the light show. Thank you. Yes. That was uh, she runs a hard bargain. <laughs> so there's going to be a light show, the fits, and Roger and her sitting front row. Absolutely, somebody get the camera on that guy. <laughs> I think they always do though. If he'll you're like fi- working he'll at find it. He knows. He knows where it is. Whatever really broadcast, does. they always just like if Sarah does something, they like zoom right in on. So his dad's name is Roger. He's my friend. My friend Roger. (laughs) We love Roger here. He really, he really is the greatest. I'm very excited. Um, Can you tell us about Gina Kingsbury? Because you talked about her a bit already. She's the general manager of the Toronto team. Um, You've worked with her for a long time with the national team. Um, For context, I guess Gina was the general manager of the Canadian women's national team since 2018, I believe. She got a promotion recently as as VP of hockey operations. So she's been involved for a long time. Gold medalist as a player, gold medalist in that kind of front office role. But like, what can you tell us from your position of of working with Gina and knowing her in a different way? what do we need to know about the newest general manager in Toronto? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like when you talk about Gina's accomplishments, because sometimes we forget she was a player and like, <laughs> won gold medals and, and like right. was an incredible player on the national team um, because she's had such an impact on us in a different way. And I feel very fortunate because I, I can 100% attest to the fact that when Gina took our program over, she completely changed the trajectory of it. And so, I mean, when I heard she was coming to Toronto, like I, I just couldn't believe it because I knew that that was going to be a franchise to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. And the, her work over the last few years um, has been pretty incredible. I spoke with the para hockey team as well. And they were like, she's worked with us for the last few months and like, we couldn't be happier um, to have her here. And so uh, it's definitely sad for Hockey Canada um, that she's leaving in her, in her role, but definitely exciting for us. And I know that her and I have an incredible working relationship. Um, I remember a couple of years ago before the Olympics, actually, when I was hurt, there were many times where I was sitting in the medical room and Gina was sitting there with me and we'd have these like real and just honest conversations about like the visions for the future. And at the time we were speaking about hockey Canada and where we could go as a program and how we can develop those younger girls. But um, we've had so many conversations about the pro league in the last two years. And she's been like our biggest advocate. And I know that that will definitely continue, but it's funny when people talk about uh, the team that she looks to build and she talks about personality and like, she's not lying. Like mm-hmm. Gina looks to build a team um, of people who can work together and be successful. And I, I don't know if like, I, I don't think she thinks you can put all of the best players in the world in, in one room. You have to have a puzzle. And so she's somebody that is looking to build an effective puzzle that's going to be successful. So I'm super excited to see what we're able to build. Are you talking to her about the second pick in the draft? Come on. Yeah. Are you, are, are you, are you, are you in her ear it's there? Mock draft like, time. Let's yeah. go. Draft. 
mock draft with Sarah I'm not, Nash. I'm not in her ear about it, but she, I spoke to her the other day. It's just like, I cannot wait uh, for our first couple of picks in the draft. So I'm sure I'll get like maybe an inside scoop as we get a little bit closer, but nothing yet. Okay. All right. We were trying to decide, but it's it's interesting because it's it's hard to know because we don't we haven't seen what all the the GMs kind of like to do yet, other than with these top three signings. So it's, yeah, I mean, strategies could be totally different. You could be mm-hmm. looking at a team that wants to win right now versus a team that wants to win in three years, mm-hmm. right? And so um, there are a lot of exciting players in the draft as well. Some younger players, some players who are just coming out of college, um, some older veteran players. So. There are a lot of different directions that things can go in. How do we get, and I say we as somebody who lives in Toronto, how do we get Sarah Philly to leave Princeton? No, honestly. <laughs> like, you're I good. You're to, done. You're done. You're You've done, done what you need to do. Done. You have finished. Um, it was funny. Like, I was talking to her a little bit about it because she, she, somebody asked a question about her and I guess the media availability, that first press conference. And she was like, that might so have been me. Yeah, was it you? Okay. I have a guess for the record. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, can you clear this up? Like, could Sarah Fillier declare for the draft, but not yeah. sign, like play the whole year and then, and yeah. then sign? Like, and how do we, yeah. yeah, that was me. Yeah. And so it's funny because as we spoke about like the three franchise player, that model, um, that was like one of the details that we had to iron out because we were like, could somebody technically sign a Sarah Fillier or um, Anella Lepsinova, is mm-hmm. that how you say her? Like, could mm-hmm. somebody Nova, I think. Yeah. Could somebody hypothetically sign a player like that and just lock up their rights? Right. And so those are little details we had to iron out. But uh, I was talking to her a little bit just, but just after she left for Princeton, she's like, So do I declare for the draft? And I was like, Girl, that is up to you. But if you get drafted, you are done. <laughs> yeah. Like, you need to leave. <laughs> you need to leave. And so I, I know she's pretty happy going into her senior year at Princeton, although I would selfishly love for her to be in the draft uh she's got some work to do in princeton yeah she, she can yeah. maybe finish up a degree or something like, yeah oh, maybe whatever, that's fine maybe <laughs> i don't know it just barely did it's okay she's been in college for like six years though so oh my God. <laughs> she's still so young i feel like i don't even yeah. want to look at how old some of the young like the caroline harvey she's like 16 oh, or something i'm like i know like a she's not 16 I'm like stop wild yeah That's, they're tiny i'm so old good. little babies <laughs> <I feel> terrible <laughs> um can we do a bit of player scouting with you of your teammates here blair term okay. we're not a fast they're you know your other franchise players here in toronto what do people need to know about blair turnbull what i would say about both of them off the bat is that they are like complete players and people um they're both incredible leaders um but on the ice like they are some of the most complete players i think that we have in our game from both an offensive standpoint and a defensive standpoint and it's kind of cool to see their development over the last year because they've been given bigger offensive roles each in their own respective right and it's been kind of cool to see them be like oh i can take this like i can be offensive i can score goals i can generate offense and so it's been cool to see their development. Uh, but I mean, Blair, like she is completely dynamic. She can play in a bunch of different spaces. Um, you're going to see that girl driving up the middle, taking people with her, taking mm-hmm. names. Um, but she's a, she's a pretty special player um, and somebody who I've looked up to. I, she played at Wisconsin with me. She was my mm-hmm. captain. So she's somebody that I've definitely looked up to um, a lot. And I mean, Renata, it's cool to see her evolution because... I remember playing against her in high school and 
you know, she wasn't the most flashy player. She wasn't the best player ever. And to see where she's at now, um, I've never had to play against her since leaving college, which has been a lot of fun because she's congratulations. Tough to play <laughs> she <laughs> yeah. is tough to play against. So that's why we always joke around. We're continuing the streak. Um, but yeah, again, just a super, like she's obviously so fast, but um, an all around player and somebody who I wanted on my team very badly. <laughs> I think one of the coolest things about this has always been, especially for the last couple of years is the, is the, you know, dialogue kind of amped up around, around, around a league like this watching the watching the national teams in particular and seeing players like Blair uh, you know may, maybe play, play a little bit further down the lineup at, you know on on a national team the idea of them you know you, if you have that talent that's spread out across six teams the the idea of someone like Blair Turnbull maybe getting to play like more traditional in a more traditional like top 6 role or kind of like to like top 6 minutes and it's it's fun to pick out players like off the national teams and think like man it's going to be really cool to see them get those, you know, maybe get used in like a slightly different role where, you know, some some of their other talents are, are going to be able to come out or at least be a little bit more, you know, on display, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that was super evident to me last year um, with our with our showcases. I look at Blair as somebody who 100% I, I thought she broke out and she mm-hmm. showed yeah. how um, great of a player she is and what she can do when she uh, is given the opportunity. Um, another one's Laura Stacy. Like she was on Team Adidas the whole year, and she was like day in, day out, consistently most like our best player. Um, and so I'm super excited that she's able to have that opportunity in Montreal um, because, like, I don't know. I feel like people sleep on her a little bit. She's a steal. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I texted her. I was like, oh, I'm a little jealous. You went to Montreal, but yeah. I, I look at Blair and, and Stace, and I'm like, those are two players that are going to absolutely thrive and pop mm-hmm. off. And I'm sure you saw it because you played together at Wisconsin, but like Emily Clark was mm-hmm. unbelievable in PETA last season and had a hat yeah. trick in the championship game. And I feel like if yeah. you just knew her from the national team, you're like, oh, like super gritty, like mm-hmm. on the on great third line. But then you watch her and she got to flex those like offensive skills a little bit more. I'm yeah, excited I, I for think, this season. I know. I think that's just the <laughs> beauty of it. Like, and when I look at, you know, when you're talking about a national team, like I feel like our players are just so versatile and we've all played in so many different spots. And so I just think I mean, it's going to be cool. I think you went the year Olympic year. You were like, I played with you know, everybody. chill. You yeah, were on the fourth line the at place. one point, like four yeah. C, like doing your thing. Yeah. That's great. And then you're on the yeah. first line and then you set an Olympic record. Yeah. It's like, yeah, she, okay. <laughs> Very casual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like I think about that and I think in my career, people are that's like what I'm good at. And I think that's what I take the most pride in is the fact that like whatever a coach needs, like I feel like I can provide that. And although like sometimes a four C isn't the sexiest position, isn't the position that you necessarily want um, because obviously you want to be on the ice as much as you can, but it is like a vital, vital role. And I totally recognize that, um, especially in when was it 2021 at, in the world championship in Calgary, um, how important the role that myself, Emma, Jill, mm-hmm. Stace, KO played. Um, and so I just think that that versatility um, is something that a lot of our players embody. Yeah. Okay. So you don't have to worry about playing against Renata. You don't have to worry about playing against Blair. Who on the roster, maybe Pooh doesn't count. Who on the <laughs> roster are you like most dreading playing playing against in this? Nobody this wants to play against her, so we'll Nobody just skip wants. over her. Yeah, yeah, we'll just skip over Pooh. Um, who am I most playing against Clarkie is always so annoying. And I've told mm-hmm. her that like she's one of my best friends. I've told her that ever since I first met her. She's the most annoying player to play against. Um 
I would say probably Anne Renee though, because she knows me so well. And no, so sometimes good. I have to pull out some crazy ish to beat that girl. <laughs> uh, I, I scored a goal at her last year where I like came in and I ended up deking her and I made her look like ridiculous, but she was like, I thought you were going to shoot. <laughs> that was it. It's so you got to pull out the bag of tricks on her. Exactly. So she's just uh, somebody that I know so well, and she's literally the best goalie in the world. So not looking forward to playing her. <laughs> no, the competition levels can be great. Um, we're super excited for the draft. That's uh, September 18th in Toronto. Are you going to be there? You going to like call out the picks, hand out some jerseys? Know. How's that going to work? What, I don't know what I'm doing there, but I will be there. I was invited yesterday. Oh. So wow. I, wow. wow, congratulations. <laughs> I'm super excited. The PWHL sent me an email. Um, so fun. I will be there. I'm not sure what I'll be doing there, but mm-hmm. I'm excited because I know that there are going to be some draftees who are invited as well. And so it should be an awesome afternoon um, where everybody's going to find out their new team. This is awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. We are obviously very excited for the season. Um, I think I'm going to be just covering women's hockey full time this year. Perfect. Which is super great. So I'll, I'll bug you again. Um, (laughs) Thank you for doing this and and we appreciate all the insight and, and good luck this season. Of course. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Look forward to speaking soon. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. That's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. All right. So thanks again to Sarah Nurse for that conversation. I thought that was fun. It's always great to hear from an Olympic record holder. We saw her dog. We're on a Zoom call. Romeo, he's very cute. Sorry for everyone who didn't see. That's a bummer. (laughs) Sucks to be you guys. I'm just glad she can give actual answers now. Like she like after years of not really being able to say that much, because like she said, she alluded to it a couple of times, right? Where she's like, oh, there's good things coming. We can't talk about it. That was sort of the marching Mm -hmm. orders for her and and a lot of her peers over the last couple of years. Now she's free to free to talk about whatever she wants to talk about. And, And it's it's all good things. And. It certainly seems like there's more good things on the way. So, mm-hmm. And I think salute. it is important. And, and I said it in the interview and she alluded to it. Like she's been very involved in, in all of this happening. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of this has been player led. And on that player 
um, bargaining committee for the CBA. It was Sarah Nurse, Kendall Coyne Schofield, Hillary Knight, Brianne Jenner, and Liz Knox. And they did something that's never been done in women's professional sport or women's hockey. Like just the fact that there's a collective bargaining agreement at all, let alone before this league even starts is, is huge. And in that, that CBA is public. So if people are interested, you can read through it, but it's, it's pretty lengthy. I know they took inspiration from WNBA and WSL CBAs. Um, you know, there's stuff like nursing rooms and maternity leave. Um, obviously the salary structures, housing mm-hmm. stipends, 401ks, retirement, like there it's, it's beefy and the players did that. And I think that's super cool. And it was, it was great to hear from Sarah. And this is just a really exciting time in women's hockey and a kind of a confusing time though. There's, yeah. there's a lot of people who still have questions cause we're, things are still moving. So we put a call out on Twitter for some questions if anyone had them for us. So let's, uh, let's get into some of them, Sean. Totally. Let's go. Okay. So one question we got is can y'all break down who the best players who are available for the drafts are going to be and what each team might want to target in the early rounds. So we touched on a few before we started, or I guess in the first segment, mm-hmm. I think Taylor Heisey is as close as to, you know, a consensus a lock, first right. overall pick as, as we can get. Um, she was the MVP at the, world championships in Denmark. She was excellent. That was her debut on the senior national team at an international tournament. And she was unbelievable. Um, she was a Patty Kazmaier winner with university of Minnesota. So, and Natalie Darwitz was on the bench <laughs> when it she helps, did that. Yeah. So feels like the first overall pick she locked makes, in. And she makes so much sense for that Minnesota group. Yeah. For a lot of different reasons. <laughs> Including the like, totally, you look at how they built out you know, the 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 players that they signed with their three their three UFA spots. I mean, God bless Kelly Panic, right? But I think people are a little bit surprised to 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 see her there. But that makes all like you if you think about that in more of a team building sense, you know, her and Kendall and you know and and Lee, and Lee yeah. Steckline, It all makes the the piece that makes all of that make sense is Taylor Heisey totally. with, with the first overall pick. So that that is an interesting bit of, you know, and it seems like an effective bit of team building from Darwitz for sure. Totally. You get, you know, the you, Captain Kendall, um, one of the best mm-hmm. defenders in the world, and, and Lee Steckline, and obviously Kendall. Um, <laughs> she's not just a leader. She's And she's not just yeah. a leader and she's one of the fastest players in the world. Like she uses that speed to her yeah. her benefit. And it was actually wild to hear Kendall say, how nervous she was before free agency and how she wasn't sure if GMs would see her as the player she used to be because she had a baby and because she hasn't played and, and Natalie Darwitz, she didn't care. She was just like, there was no question for Natalie on who Kendall Coyne is and was, and is going to continue to be. So, you know, Kendall Coyne is, is a foundational piece. Um, but then you get the younger foundation, Taylor Heisey. She's 23 years old. She's, Sixty-five points in thirty-eight yeah. games at Minnesota last year as captain. So, um, and then Kelly Panic. You have that kind of steady middle six center. She can scale the lineup if you need to. So, yeah, good roster building. Um, other players, I think, will be 
big. I've got a huge spreadsheet here. I've been mm-hmm. like being a crazy person. Cause one of the other questions we got was a uh, mock draft and yes, it's coming. Um, there is going to be a mock draft that we it's do. It's coming. And I'm, I'm aware of the format. And I think people are going to enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. Just, I'll, leave it, I'll leave it at that. I'm super excited. So draft wise, I think if we're thinking younger college players, Taylor Heisey, Alina Mueller, who we talked about, I think what could be interesting and, and we're sticking with this Minnesota conversation is Minnesota's going to have to wait for the turn. So they'll have number two and then they won't draft again till what, like 11 mm-hmm. and 13. I'm sorry. I don't have it in front of me, but they'll wait for a little while for the snake, but I could see Minnesota going for like a goalie and grace some winkle in mm-hmm. that area, like get another um, Minnesota gopher in there, another young, talented power forward. Um, I want to see where Aaron Ambrose ends up. That's a that's an interesting one for me. Yes. I mean, you look at, I you know she's a top five defenseman defender in the, in in the world. You know, I think she's close on the fringe there, and she she does mm-hmm. she doesn't have a team yet. I, I think I think that's a really interesting interesting one. I think somebody like Aaron was probably just on the outside of this top 18, right? Which is probably why we didn't see her sign at this point. But yeah, she's, you know, top four, you know, defender with the national team. She can quarterback power play really smart. Like the thing that's always been um, what's made Aaron special is the way that she thinks and sees the game. Mm -hmm. So that's somebody that will definitely get snatched up early in the draft. I don't think Aaron last super long um players like her those are the ones i was thinking of when we saw that kind of run on goalies happen right which is something that maybe you know maybe some some weren't maybe weren't anticipating you know it's just like anything else though one goes then that then if two go and then you're not going to stick it to people gms are going to say all right we need to get this locked down then before you know it you know some really high quality skaters are, are uh are squeezed out you know as a, as a result of that, and I would imagine Ambrose and a, a couple other a couple other well known players were, you know, affected by that. Yeah, as you start to see goalies signing, the spots for skaters just it's the maths they start to yep. <laughs> go down. Yep. Um, so yeah, Aaron Ambrose. I mean, when we're thinking just strictly national team members, there's a ton of them that haven't signed yet. So we're looking at Aaron Ambrose, Ella Shelton. I mean, I hope to God that Ottawa drafts. Jamie Lee Rattray. Honestly, that was <laughs> just, one of the you surprising just, you just ones. You just don't want her to have to move. And I, I, under, I understand. I don't think she lives in Ottawa, but oh, she's really? from Ottawa. Mm. She's from Canada. And okay. I just think that is the easiest way to win over. I mean, they've already won over the fan base, but like she's from the area. Come on. We love this. Just draft her. Um, Kristen O'Neill. She's great for Team Canada. I'm, f- I'm trying to think. Jesse Eldridge. Um was kind of on the fringe slash bubble of the national team. Mm-hmm. She like made a roster, then got cut from a roster. She's she's a young player. She's a very quick player. Oh, Haley Skamura is going to get snapped up early too. She's like a Blair Turnbull type, but for the yeah, American she's team. Pain. She's a pain in the ass. Ugh, nobody likes playing against Haley Skamura. Um, Lauren Gable should get there. She was the PHF MVP last year. I mean, this is so, this is going to be so fun. And this is what makes mock draft so hard is there's so much depth, like right when you just get out of the national team and even just mixing them in with national team members, there's so much skill and talent in women's hockey. It's going to be such a deep draft. Uh, so Lauren Gables in there, PHF MVP, uh, Callie Flanagan. I think that's going to be somebody who played in the PHF who can make an impact. Um, we got Joe, a couple 
Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you No, off. that's okay. I'm just trying to think. Um, or I guess, you know what? Let's think of draft strategy because right now I'm just like listing players. And as you said, I think we have a question of PHF well, players who can make an impact. Yeah. Let's, uh, st- the, the other two buckets that I think we're drawing from here, we were talking about a, a lot of, a lot of national team players, which of course is completely understandable for obvious reasons. Um, but Co- we, we got a question from Cody and from a couple other people about international players. I know we mentioned Alina Al- Mueller, but um, who from that you know demographic do you kind of expect to see? I, I know Noratu, the, the the goaltender, was maybe in the mix there at, at one point for for one of the signing spots. Like, who are there? Do you expect to see uh, some 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 Euro players in the mix, particularly at, at the top at the top of the draft? The European player conversation is really interesting mm-hmm. because when you think of the best of the best from Europe, a lot of them are signed to play in the Swedish Women's Hockey League or signed to play pro in Switzerland this year. So that's what's going to be really interesting and why I want to get my hands on the the list of players who declared for the draft. Mm-hmm. So we know who was saying like I'm going to leave I'm out here. Yeah. I'm going to leave this SDHL team that I'm on. Like I will if you're Yeni Hirokoski who's a future Hall of Famer, one of the best defenders in women's hockey, you know, an icon, an iconic defender in this sport, you know, she signed to play with Lule. I'm so sorry. I probably pronounced that wrong. That's how I say it in my head, and I apologize. It's um, okay. <laughs> like she signed to play play with that team in the SDHL. Like, is she going to declare for the draft and and then leave her season to come and play here? Um, that's a that's a huge question mark, and we don't know that yet. I think players like Yeni and, and Petra Nieminen, they are some of the most dynamic and talented players in the world. But what's their contract status like? Are they going mm-hmm. to leave? Their contract, their season, excuse me, starts in two weeks. I mean, they've already played preseason games with Lule. What are they going to do? Uh, so I think we see, and this was, um, again, one of the questions we got kind of specifically is, um, do you think they will enter the draft this year or wait and see how it goes? I think we see more of those top tier players who are already under contract saying like, I'm going to play out my season. Cause if they sign and get drafted, like you, you're probably not going to be playing in the SDHL this season. If you have a contract in another league again, I don't know how that works. So you would think that they would just play and then join next year. And they're into their seasons at this point too. You know, there's a lot of, yeah. a lot of players in their training camp. They're practicing with pre seasons already, already started and, yeah, and regular season starts in two weeks. So I think when it comes to those players, I feel like maybe there'll be a couple surprises, but I think we'll see them take the year and play out their contracts and, and see how things go. Um, but there are players, there are European players who signed in the PHF who I think will play in, in this league. Um, there are some who signed deals to play in Europe in the meantime, and then will leave to come to mm-hmm. North America when the season starts. I wonder how that's going to impact their ability to get drafted because this is such a deep player pool that I wonder if there's GMs who are going to say like, well, you have a roster spot in Sweden right now and this comparable player doesn't have a job. So I'm going to take her and not you. I wonder how that might happen. And if you're a Euro player, you can say like, make, make a bunch, make some money this year. 
maybe I'm a first round pick next year versus a fourth yeah. rounders or, or something. That's a, it's a reasonable choice to make on their end as well. Totally. But you know, some of the European players, I guess that come to mind, um, Denisa Krizova, I think she'll play in this league. I think she'll make an impact in this league. Um, Teresa Vanisova, she's another one. Dominica Laskova, I believe she signed to play in Europe this season, but she's someone who could make an impact. Katerina Mazrova, there, there's a ton. And this is, again, it's, mm-hmm. I'm trying not to just like word vomit out players, but I think that just speaks to the depth of talent in the world right now. So um, one of the other questions we got, will teams have European players and staff? Um, I don't know exactly what the staffing looks like right now. If we don't see any European staff members, it's not because they didn't try. It's because they said no. I think that's, that's a, what I can say. I think right that's now. a rel- yeah, that's a relevant. <laughs> that's a relevant little bit. I think. I think people, if you listen closely, you can you can pick up on pick up on some of that stuff, right? Yes. We got we understand uh, very understandably also got some got some P- questions about about the PHF. Christopher Burks was one. Um, just ask directly and simply who are some players from the former PHF that you can see having an impact in the PWHL because uh, we have not seen them be part of the UFA process. Mm -hmm. I think it's really, it's going to be really exciting. I think there's a lot of players in the PHF who are going to have an opportunity to show the national teams why they deserve to be in the mix. I think this is a conversation we have a lot when national team camp rosters come out and people are saying, well, like where is X, Y, Z player? And I think sometimes, um, they just get left aside. Cause it's like, well, we haven't seen them play against this competition. And so I think there's going to be players who can like really put the spotlight on themselves and show like, look what I can do against the best of the best on, on a night to night basis. And that's not to say that they weren't playing against, the best of the best in the PHF. I don't mean it that way. It's just they're going to be playing against and beside players who are on the national team and they're going to get to show like I can keep up or yeah. I'm better. Like they're going to really get to put people on on blast on, on why they deserve to be there. Um, so some players that I think to watch out for, I, we mentioned Lauren Gable already. I think she'll she'll do well here. Elizabeth Shiger, two names that I've really circled that I'm excited to see what they do in this new league is Kennedy Marchment. She mm-hmm. had an excellent um, pro career in, in Sweden and she's very good in the PHF the last couple years. Um, she had an MVP title. She led the league in scoring um, her. There is no reason why her game is not going to translate to this new league. And she's someone who will probably put herself on, on, on the map and on the radar in a different way. Another player is Taylor Gerard. She's kind of been right up there pacing with Kennedy Marchment and scoring on the Connecticut whale. She's another player that I'm excited to see play in this new league. Those are, those are two players to watch for sure. I'm trying to think of like other names. Mm -hmm. You know what? One player I'm really excited to see and it's not a PHF player. It's Sophie Jacques. She was the mm-hmm. Patty Kazmaier winner uh, from Ohio State, an excellent defender. She has not been on a senior Canadian national team, despite the fact that she's been one of the best defenders in the NCAA over the last few years. Like She is a star, and I'm very excited to see what Sophie does in this league. That's that's a fun one for me. We're, we're still only <laughs> talking about 18 players who've signed as UFAs, too. I, I think that's... I, I know we all... 
we, we want to see PHF players involved and, and there's, and there's a lot of, you know, names and really good players that have been, you know, that, that weren't part of that initial, that initial discussion, but it's eight, it's 18 spots and that's, and that's tough. That's a tough numbers game for, totally. for anybody. Right? For even the Olympians. Like I there's know lot, I've yeah, seen a lot totally. of people and I get it because you are fans of this league or this team or these players and you want to see them sign and play and get behind them in this new space. Oh, other players that I think will make an imp- I'm excited to see like Madison Packer, Jillian Dempsey. There's a lot of players who were and will continue to be kind of like icons of the NWHL PHF. Mm-hmm. And I think it's me cool to see them continue their careers in this new space. Um, like those are, those are legacy players. Um, those are like truly like excellent professional women's hockey players. So I think we'll see a lot of those like usual suspects, as I mentioned, you know, kind of making an impact on and off the ice in this new league. Like people are going to go and watch Madison Packer play Mm -hmm. wherever she is because they love Madison Packer because they've latched onto her. Same with Jillian Dempsey. Like that's an easy sell for Boston. Mm -hmm. You're the Boston GM. Like it just dropped Jillian Dempsey. Mm -hmm. People are going to follow if you do. Um, So I think there's going to be a lot of that at play, but yeah, in, in the conversation you said, Sean of, you know, there's national team members who aren't in that top 18 right now. That's just the numbers game. I guess one of the other questions we got commonly was like, who's going to broadcast the games? Is mm-hmm. Cheryl Pounder going to call games? Because everyone loves Cheryl, including me. Love Cheryl. Um, we don't know yet. <laughs> uh, I think that is like broadcast rights, broadcast deals. That's probably something that gets done once the schedule set. Because it's kind of hard to go to like ESPN or Turner, TSN Sportsnet and say can you put our games on TV without saying like when your games are? Um, So the schedule is supposed to come out um, according to Stan Kasten in October. And I, so I feel like that will be the natural next steps. That's a functional answer. That's news you can use my friend. (laughs) Woohoo! I think we got most of the questions. We got a lot of questions about like the draft and who players are going to be. How do you see things happening? Can you do a mock draft? Yes. Again, we're doing a mock draft. Shana Goldman and I are working on a mock draft together. Yeah, they actually, they got, they got people who know what they're talking about for, for, for this <laughs> You know one. what you're talking about. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think this is a super exciting time. I'm so glad that we could just talk about women's hockey for an hour. Like that's the space that we're in Pretty now. Cool. I've seen all the numbers on the stories that I've done. I've seen all the engagement on Twitter. Very cool. People care mm-hmm. <laughs> for all those people who go yawn or like who cares. There are people I swear. I promise. <laughs> losers we care so loser shit loser loser responses (laughs) so that that brings us to the end of of this uh episode of the friday show there's going to be a secret fourth segment for anyone who's interested where danielle's just gonna honor michael delzato (laughs) for the for another hour stay tuned (laughs) hoisting hoisting the jersey to the rafters as we speak yeah yeah We'll San send Diego, you Danielle's address Gulls. if you want to go and mourn. Yeah. San Diego Gulls legend, Michael Dozato. He wasn't as great. We, did, we didn't have to sit there and talk about Michael Dozato's retirement for a half hour. We could talk about like something, talk something pretty Sarah cool, Nurse. something pretty cool and something pretty new and have a great conversation with Sarah Nurse. Not bad. I would have talked about Jake Sanderson for an hour. Not me. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this show. Yeah, if you want to honor Michael Delzato, just talk to Danielle. 
you'll, you'll all have fun. Uh, and just a reminder to everyone, if you're not an Athletic subscriber, you can join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show to get an annual subscription for $1 a month for 12 months. Thanks, everybody. Um, I'm not sure when we'll be back. Soon. <laughs> we'll catch you at some point. We're going back to hibernation. Bye.